Tactical sports take. Inbound. Who the fuck is that guy? Beat him off. Stomp on his head as he's unconscious. Five-tool commentator. <laughs> he's the Willie Mays of sports <laughs> broadcasting. DiMaggio. It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Owen Ely Show. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Be sure to check out our website at NorthStarsports.media. And welcome to the show. We got a great one for you today here on this Wednesday, May 4th. May the 4th be with you, Reagan That's Hooverman. We have a very special guest here, uh, the Hound Dog. That's right. More, more of a, a solo than a Skywalker, but we can get into that much later. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's a, that's one of life's biggest philosophical debates. I'm I'm no theologian, so I can't speak. Quite literally, I'm no theologian, so I can't speak on it. Still to be determined on some of those gradings, but we'll get to that later. Very true. Well, we're going to be doing a lot of grading here on today's show because it's our uh, our draft recap spectacular, uh, wow. and you know. A lot of winners, a lot of losers, a lot of teams with a lot of picks, a lot of teams with no picks. I mean, it's quite honestly, Reagan, it's probably my second favorite day on the NFL schedule besides Super Wild Card Weekend. I mean, I just love the parody. I love the format. But outside of that, I love this more than the Super Bowl. I love it more than free agency. It's, it's where dynasties are made. It's where teams get put in a, in a decade-long hole. It's just I love the team-building aspect. Quite honestly, it's, it's one of my favorite days in sports. It's honestly, I need to get into that mindset as well because I like draft day. It's exciting. I always watch the first round. I'll watch some of the second and third round as well. But when your team is on the clock, there's a different way that your heart beats. It starts pumping. Your blood pressure goes up. It's exciting stuff. And draft day is kind of underrated, even though people traditionally love it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, with uh, and obviously we'll get into this a little bit later, but, you know, with uh, that, that's a very true thing you said, because I probably got as mad as as mad as I've gotten in probably two calendar years at what the what the Vikings did. So it's it's very true, man. It's 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 stressful. It's stressful. Every every pick, sure we'll... every pick is terrible. Everybody hates their their picks. Everything's awesome. It's it's kind of the whole uh, backup quarterback situation where everybody loves a backup quarterback because they've never played it down. Everybody loves or hates right. these picks, but you know we'll see how they they play out on paper. It's or, the shot man in the NFL draft, if you will. Oh man, yeah, something like, a, like that. Career backup. Proposal. Where do we where do we want to start here? I mean, do we want to start with winners, go basic on it, or what? Uh, yeah. I mean, we can we can start with that. There's no uh, particular order. We can. The, the things we'll hit on is winners and losers. Obviously, we'll talk uh, probably a good deal about what the Packers and Vikings do because, uh, right. you know, that's that's representative of our uh, two people on air here. And then uh, I, I figured we also just talked about the draft in general, just certain draft yeah. trends that I kind of found uh, interesting. But, yeah, why don't we get to some winners and losers? I mean, if there's one thing I've learned from Dr. Ellis and, and Dr. Strominus, you never bury the lead. Never bury the lead. We got to start with it up front. I don't know about you. I've got three winners, three different uh, franchises 
The biggest one for me, I think you'll probably agree on this. I don't know where you have them ranked, but New York Jets, right? I mean, it sounds like a foreign language to say that the Jets did something well or, or won anything, but the three first round picks that they got, I thought were at worst, either the best at their position or top three at their position. And I, I thought they had a fantastic draft. I thought they got guys that fell. I think they made the right moves. And for me, the Jets far and away had the best draft out of any team in the league. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, I, I don't have uh, an official list here of, of winners and losers because, you know, I shoot from the hip. Uh, you know, they, that's why they call me the John Wayne of uh, sports podcasting. Sports talk radio, right. Exactly. I also have uh, 20 pounds of coffee and red meat in my stomach at any given time. So a lot of similarities there. But no, I would have to I would have to agree. I think they got the best corner in the draft. I don't understand. I don't understand anybody who says that Stingley's better than Sauce Gardner. He had an amazing freshman year, but you look at what he did his his sophomore and junior year. I mean, when you don't allow a touchdown your entire college career. I mean, that's that kind of speaks for it all. I thought Garrett Wilson probably was the best wide receiver in in the draft class. I'm not so um, I'm not so high on Jermaine Johnson. I know a lot of people said that he felt them and he was projected to go like to the Seahawks at nine or whatever. But uh, I don't know. That seems like a pick. We've seen the Jets make picks like that, albeit not that high, but where they go for guys who might have some red flags attached to them with great talent and hasn't really turned out so well for the Jets when they do that. You look at Jakai, Jakai Polite uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, I don't even think he made it uh, through. I think he was one of the final cuts of, uh, of uh, not spring training, fucking um, training camp. preseason. Yeah, training camp. Uh, so, you know, I don't like that. But yeah, Brees Hall as well. I, I would say that they're, they get the mailman stamp of approval for their, for their draft, uh, no doubt. I, I, I don't. I'm sure we'll get into it a bit later with the top two picks. So Trayvon Walker from Georgia and, and Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan going one and two, which which seemed like there wasn't necessarily a consensus one. I saw both of those guys mocked one and two, respectively, depending on who the who the mocker, if you will, was. But I think the first blunder of the real draft was was Stingley Jr. at three to the Texans. I like pretty much echoing your sentiment. Sauce Gardner was in my mind in a lot of you know, the professional experts out there speaking and, and studying college football. Sauce Gardner was the best cornerback in the draft. He, they don't even know the last time he gave up a touchdown. It legitimately could have been middle school. The last time he allowed a touchdown pass, I think sauce Gardner was the number one. So I, I think the Texans blundered there. It worked out in the jets favor. Obviously Garrett Wilson, the one, two punch with him and Olave from Ohio state. I thought that was an excellent pick. I was high on Olave. As a Green Bay fan, unfortunately, he went early. And I think they did a nice job getting Zach Wilson, Garrett Wilson, some weapons to kind of help kickstart that Jets offense. Well, kind of piggybacking off that, one of my losers from the draft, not the biggest losers in the draft, would be the Houston Texans. I don't really understand. You could have traded down and either got Gardner or uh, Stingley. I just that's very risky to take a cornerback that high. Historically, it really hasn't worked out awesomely when when you do that. Obviously, it's you know cornerbacks in, a, in, a, in an increasingly pass heavy league. I mean, you got to invest heavily in them. But you know, I don't know. Look at what the look at what the Lions did with Jeff Okuda. That guy's 
awful. Now, be it, you know, he's two years in the league and he's, you know, like 23 years old. So he has time to figure it out. But I just don't like that. You take a guard at 15. That's really, really high unless you're. That's really high for a guard. Un- unless you're Zach Martin level. That's and how would you know? Uh, you take a you take a safety at pick 37. Uh, so I look at their top three picks, a cornerback at three, a guard at 15 and a safety in, in the high second round. It, it just reeks of not understanding the the value of certain positions. It seems Premium like they, positions. Exactly. They're, they're they're drafting what a lot of people refer to as luxury positions. Having a really good guard is a luxury position. A top tier safety is for the most part a luxury position unless you're in a win now scenario. I mean if if your team is fairly well built, okay, then take the best safety available and and stack up that defense, but the Texans, I mean my god, they're the I think they're easily the worst team in the league, right? I mean, their their entire roster needs improvement. So taking those luxury positions at guard and safety just makes no sense. And, you know, now, now that you speak more of it, the Texans are definitely a loser in this draft, which is not out of the ordinary for the Houston Texans. It just it strikes me as a team that is really bad and is trying to just go the best player available route and just get talent on their team. But I think they got a little too cute with it. I don't really get – and I'm not even – I like John Mechie in the, as a wide receiver, but at 44 overall, I probably would have gone with somebody a little, a little different. But I, I just didn't like their, I didn't like their draft, especially with the top picks, which is really all that matters. Am I going to disagree with them taking Thomas Booker in the fifth round? I don't even know who that guy is. So, like, I don't care what teams do in the fifth, no, and sixth, it, and seventh. It doesn't matter. Say, after round four, I'm pretty much out, even in terms of Green Bay. Like, okay, you took a, you took a guy who's athletic and is just hoping to make the special teams cut. I don't care, to be honest. So pretty much after round four, you've pretty much solidified your draft and you're just picking lottery tickets in rounds five, six, and seven. I, I don't care if you take the number 500 overall player in the fifth round. It, like, it, it's lottery tickets at that point. I, I, you know, I saw, um, I believe it was from Bleacher Report. I saw them grading day three of the draft, which I just found super hilarious. And, you know, get, I, I forget which picks, but they gave like some picks in the seventh round, like a, a D. And it's like, <laughs> how, why? I, I want to know who the A, a plus pick in the seventh round is. What seventh rounders it was just on the board 200 picks too long? Like, it doesn't happen. Yeah. I don't I, know. That's it's, weird. It's it's crazy. Um, who, who else did you have uh, winning the draft? What's another team that you that you liked? I thought the I know this is another popular one, but I thought the Ravens had a really good draft. You get Kyle Hamilton, who in basically every regard is is the best safety in the draft. Um, you know, at fourteen, Vikes could have had him at twelve, but we'll get into that later. Um, and at twenty five, you get Tyler Winterbaum, the the center from Iowa, again regarded as the best center in the draft, basically by a country mile. That's a guy that they're hoping from, from what I've read so far, it sounds like that's a guy that could anchor the offensive line for eight to 10 years. And you get someone who's elite at protecting very smart kid from, from all the reports going to help Lamar Jackson out. I, th- I thought it was a really good draft by the Ravens and and those two picks in the first round, especially I thought were, were pretty much home runs, even though I'm going back on the, the premium position stuff a little bit, but, like I said with the caveat earlier, when your team is already fairly well built, it makes more sense to take the best player in the draft at a luxury position. And I think the Ravens were in position to do that. 
I, t- I totally agree. And when you're a uh, stable, good front office, you, you, you get the benefit of the doubt when you, when you historically, do like very that. good. if I see them, if I see the New York jets taking uh, a center in the first round, I get a little scared, but when I see a very stable uh, franchise, like the Ravens do it, I'm like, okay, right. that's, that's good. <clears throat> now, the Ravens were my winner of the draft. They won the draft, in, in my opinion. I like that they got Kyle Hamilton. I again, it, it's all about context. It's all about you know fit and and, and where your team is at. Uh, but you know Kyle Hamilton. I don't really care about his forty time. That's whatever. He seems like uh, uh, you know a, a lot. Some people maybe maybe not the majority, but you know some people thought he was the best player in the draft. Uh, you know I when there wasn't that. a when there wasn't a clear number one uh and he's a very big safety so he probably can help you as like a hybrid linebacker i i think maybe he could be like um uh who, who the hell did the uh, cardinals take isaiah simmons he's the, like kind of yep. like a, a linebacker in the safety. box kind of guy yeah yeah uh now the the one thing i do not like about the ravens draft and this is very uh, against what um everybody's been saying hate the linderbaum pick absolutely really? hate it Worst, wow. worst pick in the draft. I hate that. I hate that pick so much um, because Linderbaum is a bust. This guy's a bust. This guy's got arms shorter than me. I mean, everybody's talking about how he's such a great athlete and wow, he, he played at, at Iowa and, he, you know, that's a, that's a very smart pick. Dude, the, if you play center, the one thing you cannot be is undersized and have short arms. And that's, that's what this guy is. He's undersized and he's got short arms He's Garrett Bradbury. That's exactly what he is. Like, if you're a Vikings fan, Vikings fans know this is an awful pick because you you took Garrett Bradbury 2.0. So I don't care how Garrett Bradbury people were saying was the best athlete in the draft, and wow, this guy can move. Yeah, have fun with a six foot two, 288 pound center who's going to get absolutely bullied by Jordan Davises and anybody anybody who weighs three ten is going to push this guy around. They can't get their hands to him. To, to the defender before the defender can get their hands on them. So I, I don't think it'll be a travesty of a pick because they have a good offensive line that can probably carry this guy on their back, like Jimmy Butler in the playoffs. But you know, that's what he is. He's, he's, he's Udonis Haslam getting, getting carried by, you know, Tyler hero and, and guys like that. So I hated that. I love the Ojabo pick. You're basically going to redshirt him should have been a top 15 pick. Uh, Travis Jones is a guy who would bully the fuck out of Linderbaum. You know, just a freak. I think he ran a sub five, uh, forty, and he's like three hundred and thirty-five pounds. Daniel Falele's a monster, and I, you know, if, if Falele went to, you know, the Jets or something, who wasted, uh, you know, the eleventh pick on uh, Mecky Becton, I'd be a little cons- concerned. But you look at the Ravens, you know what they're going to do. They're going to run the ball. That guy's a huge, huge tackle. He's six nine like 380. And, you know, you look at Ronnie Stanley, obviously he was, you know, the sixth pick in the draft, but they did really well with him. He's a big tackle. Look at what they did with Orlando Brown when he had a terrible combine. They took him in, I think the third round and turned him into a pro bowler. So he's in the right system. You know, if you're just being some, some big monster tackle, like, you know, you're, you're going to the right system to have success. Charlie Kohler probably was the best tight end in college football last year. I don't know why people aren't thinking that he's going to, translate maybe i'm wrong but i i like charlie kohler in the fifth round people shit on a punter in the fourth i mean if if he's your punter for 10 years i mean this is a guy better be good i'm not opposed to drafting a punter but if you're gonna draft a punter he better be good 
Well, but it's like it's like any other position, you know. Hey, if you if you draft a running back in the third round, well, he better be good. So really, uh, anybody who anybody uh, anybody I don't who, think that's the same. But it's about hitting on players. Like so, the, the like my thing with kickers and punters is a good a good kicker. The difference between a good kicker and a bad kicker is at its maximum. If everything goes right, everything goes wrong. It could be the difference between winning four games. Like that's not crazy. Like you look at the Vikings, uh, you know, and I, I, they had a lot of close games, but you know, they probably had five or six games that came down to a, a game-winning field goal as time expires in overtime or under two minutes. So it's like, yeah, you know, people can shit on kickers until you need kickers, and you know, you're, you're seeing. I mean, three, three, two or three games can be the difference between making the playoffs and not making it. The thing with punters is difference between a good punter and a bad punter is like five yards on an average punt. I mean, can, can you name a, can you name a nickel corner that can account for five yards every single drive? So it's like, obviously you have to hit on the pick. If he turns out to be, I can't, I couldn't even name a bust at punter because they just are out of the league before you, there's no Roberto Aguayo for punters. I mean, the, the Packer kid from Alabama, he turned yeah, into a but bust. He was, yeah, but he was like a sixth round pick. I mean, is that really, is that really a bust? I think, I think the problem people have with drafting punters and kickers at all is basically you can get a lot of talented guys at those positions undrafted. It's not like, obviously there are undrafted people of talent at every position, but historically a lot of the great punters and kickers have been undrafted and that's just how you get it. It's almost getting lucky. So it kind of feels like a wasted pick, especially in the fourth round when you could have got someone who likely would have made an impact offensively or defensively otherwise. Well, that's, a lot de- of the that's definitely, that's definitely not a given that, I mean, you, you're no, it's not, but it's, it's the talent is more readily available at undrafted for kicker and punter. So why not just take it there and use the pick at having a better chance of someone who will impact the roster otherwise. See, but I, I don't think, I don't, I don't agree. I mean, if you take a backup linebacker with a fourth round pick, who's going to have more of an impact him or your starting punter or kicker. And I totally agree with, you know, you look at historically, you can find kickers and punters undrafted, but then why do teams have bad kickers and punters? So it's a perfectly valid point. Like if you have, if you have a good kicker, that's undrafted, like you, you can, you can say that, but you know, the Vikings have Greg Joseph's. So it's like, well, that's very true, but is is it applicable to my situation here? Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're, hey, it, it's, it's it's all whether or not you can get a good it's player. It's chicken because, and egg. You know, is it where is the value and how you look at it? it it's it's totally, it, it's it's however you look at it. It's on the individual. It's like if you if you're the Lions and you spend a second round pick on Jason Hansen and he's your kicker for twenty years. I don't think anybody disagrees that that was a good pick because it would have been a 40% chance to find, you know, a, a good starter, but it's like, well, you can find undrafted kickers, you know, anywhere, but it's like, well, is, are, are you, are you the bears and your kicker is Cairo Santos? Because then I would argue, wow, you probably wish you would have spent a sixth round pick and jumped the Carolina Panthers uh, when they drafted uh, Harrison Butker with a seventh round pick. So, you know, I, I, I just don't hate it. I, it's whatever it's, it's, you know, uh, almost a day three. No, that is a day three pick. So I don't yeah. want to spend too much time on punches. I and kickers, but... I'm, I'm good on that. I'm good on that. Just, 
just real quick on the Linderbaum thing, you're definitely in the minority. Does not make you wrong because I know you may you may have offensive line PTSD just based on what the Vikings have done in the last five years. But I mean, Linderbaum is basically universally regarded as maybe the best lineman and best center, I should say, um, in the country. I mean, you look at his awards: first team AP All American, obviously Big Ten offensive line, offensive lineman of the year. The accolades are there. I mean, if you're the best offensive lineman in a, a conference that's known for producing offensive line, I think you're doing something right. You never know. He could be Garrett Bradbury light. You never know. But I, I think the consensus is he's at worst going to be a, a decent offensive line starter. I mean, Tyler Biotish played at, at Wisconsin at whiskey, as uh, some people would say. Uh, offensive line to you, baby. Yeah, he fucking sucks. So. You know, it happens. Not everyone's perfect out of these places. I'm just saying. Yeah, so, so, this, so this, there's no guarantee this guy's fucking Tristan Wirfs at the center position. No, no, there's no guarantee on anyone who, who is guaranteed. I, I, but I'm, te- I'm telling you right now, you heard it here first. This guy's a fucking bum. Okay. All right. If he's, he's a, bust, a bust, you have, you have every, you have bragging rights. If he's a bust, I just don't think he will be. All right. Well, I'm not saying he's going to be the worst offensive lineman, but I'm just saying he's going to, he's Garrett Bradbury light. He's going to be carried. He's not going to be. It's not going to be good. Garrett Bradbury's a bust. He's not getting carried. He's a bust. Yeah, and that's who this guy is. No, I'm talking about the, the Linderbaum getting carried by the, you know, the Oh, the I, I, and, I, I thought you, I, okay. No, he's not. Oh, people are carrying Garrett Bradbury because, you know, he weighs as much as me. I mean, people they, are just lifting him up and moving him. Did they, okay, I'm, I'm a little bit behind on the Viking stuff, and I'll make it quick. It, is his fifth year up yet? When was he drafted? Was that 18? Yeah, his fifth year's up. So and they declined it, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't pay a fucking fifth-year option for a center. That's like fifteen million dollars. Something <laughs> wow. crazy. Yeah. You, you have, you, have you seen the other? Well, I'll save it. But have you seen the other moves Quazy has done? Anything is possible. All right, I got one more. I, I got one more winner, and I I'm not sure if you'll agree with me on this one. Detroit Lions. I thought they had a good draft. I like I liked Hutchinson at two. He could have gone one. I liked him at two. Instant starter will be an impact player on that defensive line. Obviously, pass pass rusher is such a premium position. I think it's an excellent pick. And then they move up twenty picks. They go to pick twelve. They get Jamison Williams, who before the ACL tear, people were saying he could he has the potential to be the best receiver in the draft. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but he is a super high ceiling guy. Obviously, star at Alabama. And they didn't even have to give up a first-round pick with it. I thought that was the fleece of the first round. I thought Detroit did an excellent job. And they got some impact players at absolutely premium positions. I really, really, really liked this draft for the Lions. Yeah, I, I like I liked the first two picks for them. I couldn't tell you anything about any of the other moves they made. I mean, I think they, they didn't mess up taking the second pick in the draft. And I think they got very lucky getting Hutchinson because I think he, he should have been the number one pick in the draft. Like I, so, and I hate the Jaguars draft, by the way, I hate, I hate taking Walker first overall. I think that was awful. Uh, again, if Trayvon Walker gets drafted by the San Francisco 49ers, I probably like it a little more, but this guy's going to be uh, uh, Dante Fowler. He's going to be Deion Jordan. Oh, he can run a four five as a defensive end. Okay. Like, you're going to the wrong place to develop. I don't tr- trust uh, Trent Balky as far as I can fucking throw him. 
So I, I think that's a terrible move. And everybody's talking about like, well, Hutchinson's the safe pick and Walker is the upside guy because he's got great athleticism as if Hutchinson isn't a fucking freak athlete as well. But he has the added benefit of actually having college production, something this guy has nothing of. And it's a thing that you and me talk about and we'll talk about, obviously, with uh, one of the two teams that uh, that we're going to cover a little bit later. When you draft a guy from a team that has a lot of players going into the draft, you don't know. I don't. Like, so you just know he's a great athlete. You don't know anything about his production was terrible. And you don't know who the man was on that defense. I mean, I, I just, I hated their, I hated their, I mean, I liked, I liked uh, Devin, uh, Devin Lloyd, but everything else could kind of get tossed out the window. Yeah. The Jags draft was questionable. Uh, just getting back to it though. I, I like I said, I think Hutchinson's going to be a great player. And like you said, a lot of production, I mean, that that game he had against Ohio State, he was literally destroying Ohio State single handedly. I know that, I know he had some help with with the other linebacker defensive lineman who got, got drafted. But man, he was a one man wrecking crew and nearly single handedly won that game against Ohio State, which was a huge upset. Um, he not only showed the athleticism, like like we is being reported from from Trayvon Walker out of Georgia. But like you said, that production is there, which is so important. If you're not producing, I know you're on one of the great defenses, maybe of all time with Georgia when we talk about Walker. But if you're not producing at at the collegiate level, how do we expect you to produce at the NFL level? That's my thing. It's just a lot of projecting, and I, I think you I think you make that pick if you have the twelfth pick in the draft. That makes sense. But you have the first pick in the draft. Yeah, that's. I just, I, I can't get down with that. I agree. Uh, so yeah, I thought Detroit had a good draft. Those are the three big winners I had. I mean, there's, I thought there was a lot of okay drafts, but, but those are the ones that stood out to me. So I'm, I'm good on winners unless there's anything you want to hit on still. No, I got one more, one more winner. Okay. And uh, it, it's, it's a case of uh, the rich getting richer. It's Ooh. the, uh, the Kansas city chiefs, big winners of the, of the draft, not the biggest, but, I like what they did. It, it's it's like the they, they kind of had a draft similar to the Ravens, where it's like you just go, how do these players fall to them every single time? Like that's how the Ravens are so good. Like I don't know why anybody's surprised. It's it, it's players fall to them, and people are like, well, we can't let this happen. But yet it happens every single round, almost every single pick every year for for those guys. They're just monsters at at BPA and uh, the Chiefs. You know, you get Trent McDuffie. I uh, probably he probably should have gone a little higher, not the biggest drop, but uh, you, you get a starting corner. George Karloftis was kind of a forgotten guy, uh, edge guy when when it when it came to the the draft. There was a lot more attention on like a Jermaine Johnson or obviously the the first two picks uh, in the draft. Well, in case Thibodeau, I saw he got mocked to Green Bay a couple of times because we kind of need an edge edge rusher. So I I saw some of him and and he was he was kind of high on my list. So I, I like that pick for Kansas City as well. All right. Well, I'm being told we have 10 minutes uh, because uh, apparently uh, Zoom now has uh, a pro that they want me to pay money for. So we'll have to uh, wrap it up after winners and losers and come back to do the, the, the software. We'll, we'll continue on. Let's work the last eight minutes we have here before. Holy we clean shit, it. That's <laughs> annoying. First, you're going to take all my fucking information. Then, yeah. Oh. Can, yeah. Uh, but then Sky Moore, you get another blazing burner wide receiver. Uh, I mean, I'm not, he's probably not going to be as good as Tyreek Hill, but you probably can get some of that production and, you know, that role filled 
by him. Your boy Leo Chanel going in in uh, round three, uh, Grantsburg, Wisconsin's own. Uh, Joshua Williams is like uh, a developmental corner, but again, you got your starting corner in uh, McDuffie. So you, yep. you get Joshua Williams from Fayetteville State who ran like a 4-3 and is like 6-4. Darian Kennard fell to them. I, I just, I like their draft. I think they went best player available and it, it uh, kind of turned out that it also fell in line with some need, some needs that they, that they had. One thing I'll say, and I know this isn't strictly draft related, but it, it certainly will apply in the future. I thought Kansas City made an excellent decision with Tyreek Hill. I thought they got so much in return from that trade. And not only did they get, I think, I believe it was five picks total in return from Miami. They also saved themselves a boatload of cash. The, the, the deal that he got was outrageous. You cannot pay that for that position. I don't care what anyone says. I wouldn't have paid it to Devontae. I wouldn't pay it to Tyreek. I'm not paying it to anyone. There are so many better places you can spend that money. And man, uh, even if you get a, a wide receiver who's, let's say, worst-case scenario, does some distraction, takes the top off the defense, doesn't have the production of Tyreek Hill, but he costs one-tenth of, of Tyreek's cost. You've absolutely won that deal, not to mention the picks you're getting in return. I thought that was a brilliant move by Kansas City, and, and it showed the overall brilliance of their plan. They're not trying to just win the Super Bowl next year. They're literally going to try to win the Super Bowl. They're trying to extend that window, not, not one year, but to five, six, seven years that they'll be able to continue getting better with those picks from the Tyreek Hill, Hill deal. I thought that was, I thought it was just excellent. I, I totally agree. That's, that's an A plus move in my mind. I mean, we always talk about, you never want to have that guy on the team when, when the cliff comes and the cliff will come. He's a, he's a speed wide receiver. Who's 29 years old. You don't want to be paying that guy $30 million. I thought it was a, it's a move that the fan base is going to hate, but they're going to, they're going to love it in a couple of years when Tyreek Hill is, is, you know, a number when he turns into a Deshaun Jackson, just a serviceable deep guy, number four wide receiver. It's, it's a business move. That's, that's exactly what it is. It's a business move. I agree. And I I thought it was brilliant. So, I mean, unless you've got anything else, I thought the chiefs had a nice draft as well. So shout out, shout out to them. I guess Patrick Mahomes is going to have a lot more opportunities. Absolutely. Well, I got in, in the six and a half minutes we have remaining before we have to upgrade to pro. Uh, I got to get to my biggest losers of the draft. All right. By far the biggest losers. I, I don't know what they're doing. This, uh, I was befuddled. I loved the moves they made. Just totally, totally brutal. And that is the Chicago Bears. Bear down oh. Chicago Bears. Yeah, bear down because their stocks are going down. Had the worst draft I've ever seen. What are they doing? Oh, my God. So they have two high second-round picks. They spend it on a cornerback, Kyler Gordon, and safety, Jaquan Brisker. Yeah, because that's really what the, the Bears need. They need help in the secondary. They, 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 didn't, they, didn't, they don't have a high first-round pick who they gave up a lot for in, in Justin Fields, the future of their franchise. And we discussed this on, I think, either the last one – one of the last podcasts we did – Anybody who, anybody who comes in and the entire future of the Chicago Bears is on Justin Fields. For better or for worse, you've tied yourself to this guy and you don't even get him any help. You don't get him any help until the third round when you take some feller named Vellis Jones Jr. from Tennessee who is going to be 25 years old when the season starts. People are saying like he can fill like a Debo-type role where apparently this is some, sort, this is some guy who can catch and run the ball. 
this is a guy who had zero production at Tennessee, no production. He's 25 years old. He's, he's a senior citizen. He, you know, he's going to be signing up for AARP real soon. Awful pick probably should have been undrafted. So I don't, I'm not saying Kyler Gordon's a bad player or Brisker's a bad player. Again, I'm not fucking Mel Kuyper. I don't scout these guys, but I can tell you that that is so tone deaf. Uh, uh, you know, they're not the greatest picks in the world. Don't, you know, I'm not saying they're good, but so tone deaf. And then you got, they drafted a million developmental offensive linemen, Braxton Jones in the fifth round, Zach Thomas in the sixth, Doug Kramer. They're just throwing shit against the wall and hoping anything sticks. And let me tell you, as a Vikings fan, that doesn't work. I've seen Rick Spielman have 33 oh, draft baby. picks in three Green Bay years. did it this year. We did it this year. Why, are we, why do we have 12 seventh-round picks? Get the hell out of here. Doesn't work. Doesn't terrible, work. dude. I would rather have one fifth-round pick than three seventh-round picks because... Me too. Like, it's so good in theory, but that's just not how that works. It really it really isn't. Look at the, look at the Cleveland Browns. They were really the first team to do it. Uh, back in like 2016 or whatever, when they when they uh, right around when they went uh, winless, they I think they set the record for like uh, most draft picks. I think it was 15. They drafted like Hollywood Higgins and fucking like Seth DeValve. And it's like it just doesn't work. So it's like, well, we're going to we drafted five offensive linemen. That's our starting lineup right there. Yeah, four of them aren't going to make the team, and and the one that does is is yeah. going to be. You hope that he becomes Bobby Massey. So it's just, what the fuck well, are they well, doing? And and here's the thing with Chicago: if why are you? We talked about it earlier. Why are team? Why why is there this desire to get cute in the first and obviously they didn't have a first round, but but in the second round, why are you getting cute with a? Ooh, we've got a safety who we think could maybe play in the box and make some. It's like, what are you doing? Get an offensive lineman, one one of the highly rated ones that's still left. Anchor your goddamn offensive line. Start protecting Justin Fields, the future of your franchise. They're like, I think we're going to go safety. I think we're going to go safety. It's like, what are you doing? Take the offensive line early. Premium position. Get yourself a tackle. that has it. Maybe he's not going to be you know, an all-pro kind of guy, but maybe he'll be a decent starter, and that's better than what you got right now. Take an edge. Get a pass run. If you want to improve the defense, why, why are we taking luxury positions in the second round when you when your team already has half dozen needs at various positions? What are you doing? What are they doing? It makes no sense. If if I was actively trying to sabotage the Chicago Bears draft, like, this is this is what crazy. I would do. Their team got worse, and the offensive linemen they took make no sense. Like Darian Kennard was still there in in the in the fifth maybe even the sixth round. And it's like, well, there's, there's a reason he, he fell, but he's 6'5", 335, played at Kentucky. Like, he, he probably could be a starter for you. Uh, maybe, not, maybe not a great one, but it's like, what are they doing? It's embarrassing. You're going to go to war with Vellis Jones Jr. And who are their wide receivers? Who are you going to pass the ball? Like, they're, they are, they're they, setting up. They're setting fields up for failure, man. Oh. Like, they really are. It's it's very fitting they took a punter in the seventh round because that motherfucker is going to be an all pro because he's going to punt the ball 140 times this year. Oh man, like so the, so that's they're completely out on on Justin Fields. They're trying to get the first pick in the draft is what this tells me. Like you can't they, possibly think this. They have team. they have stripped it down to the studs more than any team. I can't. I literally can't think of a team in the league that has stripped it down more than the Bears. Like I legitimately can't think of one. They are they are at step one starting over, which 
I guess if that's the route you want to take, okay. But like you're, you, you have, you've already locked yourself into wasting Justin Fields' rookie contract, which is half of the upside of drafting a rookie quarterback anyways. So you can build the team around him and try to win early before you have to pay him $45 million a year, which is somehow the going rate for a quarterback at this point. It doesn't make any sense to me. I, I just, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Absolutely. They're the big losers of the draft. If I'm Justin Fields, I'm not even showing up. I can maybe can try to convince teams that my my rookie season, it was bad because I'm a rookie and this is the Bears. I'm not showing up and putting that tape out there if that's the fucking roster they're putting around me. So biggest losers of the draft, the Chicago Bears. All right, Reagan Hooverman, we're going to have to take a short, uh, short break intermission. here. Yeah, short Word from our sponsors real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll be back in a minute. Don't you we'll worry. Be back. All right, we're back from that. Little break there. This show brought to you by viewers like you. Uh, Reagan, I'm told you got one more loser for us. I'm very curious to, to hear uh, what you got for me. I got one more loser. I thought this one was fairly obvious. When you said there was one big loser you had, I actually thought it might be this team. Can someone please tell me what the New England Patriots are doing? Can someone please tell me? The, the offensive guard they took... In the, in the back half of the first round was horrifically bad from what I have seen from listening to draft podcasts, reading stuff online. This dude was graded as a late second round, early third round guard that they took in the first round. A guy who was supposed to be an immediate impact starter. Cole Strange from Tennessee dash Chattanooga. Just an absolute blunder of a pick at a luxury position that we've talked about. I went in and looked for additional information. NFL next gen stats had him graded as someone who will likely become a starter. (laughs) That will eventually become a starter in the NFL. It's like, Oh my goodness, slow down. It's like the dude will probably be, you want to talk about offensive line busts. I think this guy is a premium pick for that. And also, what are they doing with quarterback? Why are you drafting a quarterback in the fourth round when you just drafted Mac Jones? It doesn't make any sense to me to burn a fourth-round pick on a less-than-project quarterback. This dude played at Houston Baptist for three years, okay? One season at Western Kentucky, and they're like, we're sold. We need another quarterback. It makes no sense. The only thing that even remotely gave me any solace in the New England Patriots draft was I, I didn't mind drafting wide receiver and corner. I think giving Mac Jones more weapons or maybe Bailey Zappy out of Western Kentucky, more weapons is makes sense. I think they're falling apart without Tom Brady. And I think their draft all around was just a disaster. Yeah, I wasn't the biggest fan, but I mean, I gotta, I gotta disagree a, a little bit. Um, I, I do think the first round is a little too high for a center. Uh, in, that wasn't in, it. In Cole Strange. I would, but I would rather have Strange than Linderbaum, that's for sure. No, uh, no. Because I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. You can't be serious with this. This is, this is a, this is a troll job. Dude, I, what? I wouldn't, spend what? A, I wouldn't spend a fourth round pick on Linderbaum because why would I spend a draft pick on a, on a, on a, a guy who's not supposed to be on an NFL roster? So I would rather have Strange than Linderbaum. Because he's you're a freak. On, you're on one. You're on one with this, dude. Strange is he's a freak is not athlete. The guy, man. He's this a guy was supposed athlete. to be a third rounder. What are they doing? Yeah, they jumped some teams. 
They got their guy. It's just, they're, they're, they madly, got their guy. they're madly in love with this guy. They, they and, love and, this guy. I don't know if you and, know this, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that, you know, that relative athletic score or whatever that you always keep sending me that you love so hey, much that, until that's... you love it so much until it's time that, you know, to, to point out that Cole Strange, I think, is like the was like the third most athletic offensive lineman ever or something crazy. I mean, this is a freak athlete. And he played he played at T.O.'s former, uh, uh, you know, stomping ground. So if he, you know, is it, so is this guy going to be doing sit ups in the driveway just like T.O.? He could. We can't rule that out. He doesn't have a, a pot belly. He doesn't have a pot belly like Linderbaum. This guy's a fucking athlete. This guy should be on an NBA court right now. This guy's Zion Williams if, if he if he wasn't uh, you know if if he was in shape and not always uh, injured. So you know it is what it is. You got to take some swings sometimes. So I don't hate that pick. I uh, hate that pick. Then ex- try to explain the quarterbacks pick. That's what one are of they my, doing? That's actually one of my more favorite no. uh, picks they made. No. For what reason? Why are you drafting a project in the fourth round? So, because he's your backup. He's your, you need a backup quarterback. What happens if Mac Jones gets hurt? This guy, this guy if is... If Mac uh, Jones gets hurt, your season is shipwrecked anyways. Who can, is Bailey Zappi going to take you to the divisional? May he could win a couple of games for you. Oh, I mean, God. listen... <laughs> Listen, this, this guy, ridiculous. this guy, this threw is more, ridiculous. This guy threw more passing touchdowns than than Joe Burrow. Okay, so you're you're lucky to yes. get him in the in the fourth round. You're but right. the, Pass, a passing touchdown direct correlation to how good you are in the NFL. Uh, he, look at Case Keenum. I mean, so this guy, I like it because teams never teams never invest in the backup quarterback position. You got to think about life after Mac Jones. You got to think about having a backup. He's like 22. What do you mean life? After Mac Jones, yeah, it's a short he's lifespan in the NFL. You can't Dude, predict he, the future. You don't know what's going to oh, happen okay. in the future. All right, we're preparing for Mac Jones to like snap both his legs walking into the practice facility. You got to be ready for it. It could happen. Maybe, for- maybe he took some inspiration from Alex Smith. You never know. Man, this is terrible. There's I don't no know. defending this. It, if you're, I this okay. This is my take. So what, so what happens if Mac Jones gets gets hurt at any point in the next four years? Who the hell is your backup, Brian Hoyer? I don't care who the, the backup can be. A traffic cone. If your starting quarterback has a season-ending injury, your season's over anyway. So why not be as bad as possible and move up the draft board? That's what. But that's what people would have said when Tony Romo got hurt and and the Cowboys had Dak Prescott. You got to invest in the backup quarterback position. It's a fourth-round pick. Oh man. And he's 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 a, he's, a scheme, like he's he's a scheme fit. Like, think about how crazy the NFL is sometimes. Or think about Michael Vick when he was the quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons. Do you know who his backup was for the majority of his career? No. It was Chris Redman, who's like 6'6", 240 pounds, and it was Matt Schaub. Like, can you think of anything more incongruous? Like, what, what would happen if Michael Vick got hurt? Like, you're going to expect Matt Schaub to run a fucking pistol offense? Oh, so it's man. like... You you have a Mac Jones triple option for Matt Schaub. <laughs> yeah, you know that guy. He's gonna get both of his ears ripped off if he does that. But you know Bailey Zappi, he he's he's a carbon copy of 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 uh, Mac Jones. I mean, there's a reason he's going in the fourth round. But you know, you get a backup who's like, would you rather have him or like? Uh, I mean, I'd rather have Desmond Ritter. But like, j- my point is just like some guy like some mobile quarterback, like some guy who's not going to fit the exact same shit you're doing with your starting quarterback. That's a fourth round pick. I like Pierre strong. 
uh, out of South Dakota yeah. State. Uh, very fast. They, they went for athletes. They got a bunch of great athletes. Taekwon Thornton was definitely a bit of a, a reach, but uh, he's like 6'3 and can run a 4'2". All right. If, if we if we want a high quality backup, then why not just move up into the third round and take take Malik? Like what? Like what? what why are we Why are we drafting Bailey Zappi when we when we could draft a guy who was supposed to go in the first round and is in free fall? Because he's not a scheme fit. I hate this. I hate the draft. This for every for every one Dak Prescott, there are eight thousand backups who were drafted in the fifth round that absolutely sucked. I totally agree, but that's a that's a pick you would gladly waste because you you can't win the lottery if you don't play the game like like the like the vikings like like kellen mond is kellen mond gonna work out probably not but i like the fact that we took him because it's like okay well it's another year with sean man like but here's the thing you gotta play the game if i'm playing the lottery i'm not gonna play no offense to the minnesota state lottery i'm not gonna play the one with the loon on it where you don't 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 ruin don't ruin any potential sponsors okay okay uh uh uh, X state lottery, definitely not Minnesota or Wisconsin. Some random state lottery where that happens to have a loon on the scratch off where you can win two thousand. I'm just gonna buy Powerball then if I'm playing lottery. Why am I dra- Why am I going for a home run in the fourth round? Why as well swing super high and draft and do it in the first round? If I'm gonna play the lottery, I'm playing the fucking lottery to win the big one. Yeah, but nobody – I don't think they're trying to hit a big one. I think they're trying to get a career backup. They're trying to get a guy who, if Mac Jones misses four games, maybe he can win two of two of four and keep you afloat and not completely derail uh, a season. Listen, I agree. Like, if Mac Jones is out for the year, if he just blows out both of his fucking ACLs, like, yeah, <laughs> the, the, the season's going to be ruined basically regardless. But, you know. That's that's where I'm at. Like, like okay, I'll, I'll go to – and we can get to Packers later, but if like even if Aaron Rodgers misses four games, I'm like, I'm not like hoping the season goes terribly so we can get higher in the draft board because that that's too small of a, an amount of games. But like, I'm also I I also don't have the expectation. Like if my starter is not playing, I I don't care what the backup does. Like you're not a starter for a reason. Go out there and do your best. Like I I I'm not interested in like well our backup's gonna have to go three and one. They're not going to. Like if the starter's not there, I just I literally don't care, and and I'm probably you, 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 in the minority. You, you definitely could go three and one. Well, and you definitely you definitely would like, you would definitely care if the Packers were seven and one and they're gonna lose Rodgers for four weeks. Like, you, you would you would agree you would definitely prefer that the the team would go three and one in those four weeks. I mean, there's no sense in losing games at seven and one. Like this is not necessarily applicable for every team you know no, if, you're the, I, if you're the houston no, texans I, I would, and you're four and ten i'd prefer to go three and one but also like who was the backup for green bay uh why can't i think he came in during that chicago game in 2018 it was just terrible like two plays two fumbles a touchdown he was a he was a cleveland browns guy why can't i think of his Deshaun name kaiser Deshaun kaiser awful just terrible like when he came in like the tv might be turned off I just don't care about backups at all. Like Sean Mannion, like what do we like? Who cares? Uh, Sean Mannion is going to beat out whoever that kid you drafted a couple years ago. Bates Stanley. I don't know. What, what was the quarterback you drafted? Kellen Mond. Kellen Mond. Doesn't he? Is he? Is he bad? Well, Zimmer didn't like him, but you know Zimmer's a fucking idiot and doesn't know anything about offense. Yeah. So you know we, we might have Steve Young reincarnate now that uh, you know an offensive 
you know, I don't know if you know this, but we got a quarterback guru at, at head coach now. And, and you've got, maybe you might have the best GM in the league. Probably. He's the most active GM in the league. That's, <laughs> that's for certain. That, that's how we do Activity means productivity. That We know what that means. He's getting results. Well, that's why Rick GM, or uh, Rick GM, that's why Rick Spielman was such a good GM because, you know, he made a million trades and got, you know, 17 billion seventh round picks that, you know. All of them turned out to really good players. <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad yeah, we I'm, took uh, Jack Tocho in the seventh round. Hey, I, I can't rip all the seventh rounders because Green Bay did it this year. So. No, you can rip it. It's a dumb move. No matter which team does it, it's just never, it doesn't work out. It's not, it quite literally is not the lottery. In, I hate in it all sense. the time. I, I hate it all the time. It's, it's such a, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I'm sure we can get into it. What, what team do you want to go to? Which would you rather start with? Uh, let's go with the Vikings. Let's see. Uh, right. Since we're, we're already talking about them. You, we'll let you take the lead on this one. Yeah, it uh, it definitely was a very frustrating uh, draft. Uh, Koisi has no idea the value of draft picks. Um, and I don't think these are the end-all, be-all, by the way. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a thing to look at. Because um, I don't think it's a perfect system. But you look at whatever that draft grade system is where it assigns a certain set value to draft picks. The Vikings got fucking fleeced by the Lions. Yes. If if it would have been a fair trade if a, if a future first round pick had been attached, I would have no problem. Listen, I'm I, I with think, you there. I, I think I'm the 12th overall there. pick is important. Like the 12th overall pick is so much more important than the fucking 25th overall pick. So I'm pretty Correct. much against trading down when you're up that high. But I'm not going to be so narrow minded to say, oh, you can't trade down. But if you're going to trade down, there has to be a future first. Because think about this. It's it's so weird because they they trade up and get a wide receiver, right? So they gave one of the elite ones, guy with no knees. But um, so they trade up to get a wide receiver and they give up what they give up. But you know what's really weird? I can't figure this out because this should be the case no matter what. But if they would have traded up to take a quarterback, they would have had to have given up so much more. But isn't that kind of weird? Like you're you're trading up to a certain spot, so you shouldn't necessarily have to give up more. But we know if that was a quarterback, they would have had to attach, you know, a, a first and a second extra to what they did. So how do you how do you sit there and go like if you're the if you're the Vikings, your job is to to win the trade. You don't make trades to just be even. You don't make trades just no. to make trades. And I know it's an old thing, and I'll, I'll let you get back to it here in a second. But man, trading in division, if you're trading in division, you have to win like very clearly. If, if you're if they would have traded this to to uh, Man, uh, Cincinnati. If Cincinnati wanted to move up, okay, whatever. Not not even the same conference. Fine, whatever. If you don't get the first rounder, I think you still got fleeced, but it's not that bad. You did it in division. This is a guy you will have to play. If he gets his knees back, you will have to play for a very long time, and it was supposed to be very productive. I, I man, not get like I don't, I don't hate moving back. Okay, I, I'm not a fan of moving back, but I don't hate it. I absolutely hate it when you do it in division and you don't get a future first. So like when the details came out, but before the details came out, but the trade was announced, I was panicking as a green Bay fan. Cause I was like, damn it. The Vikings got Detroit's first round pick for next year. They're going to have two 
and they're going to be able to move up in an elite quarterback draft. I, I literally started panicking. And when I saw you guys didn't get the, their first rounder next year, I knew you got fleeced. You moved back 20 slots. You basically moved out of the first round and didn't get a first rounder out of it. That's terrible. Yeah, that's that's a, that's the thing as well is is moving down 20 spots. And I, I'm not as opposed to trading in division. You definitely have to win those trades, but you have to win you should have to win the trade with any team you make a trade for. You should never make a trade just to make a trade. You should always feel, listen, you're not going to win every single trade. There's going to be moves where it doesn't work out and you know if if Jamison Williams turns out to never play an NFL snap, then I guess we won the trade. But you, you can't really look at it like like that. The the problem with trading in division is is if you mess up, the consequences are much more devastating. Like if you if you gave if you didn't get enough and you gave up the opportunity to draft a game changing player, you're going to have to play that player twice a year for twelve years. Like that is way more punishing than if you trade him to Miami. Yeah, I I agree, but I think the principles remain remain the same. You have to win every you have to win every trade, but I mean. Uh, to me, there's just so much more pressure when you trade in division. Well, and there's also a difference between like, hey, if if the Lions had the 14th pick in the draft and you trade down two spots and you get a third round pick, okay, that's something I can live with if you know totally your agree. guys if you know your guys gonna be there. But it's the magnitude of moving down, fucking more than half a round when exactly. you're at the top of the draft. I mean, uh, that's absolutely brutal. Um, I think that's a good- that's a good point. If if they would have moved from twelve to sixteen, all right, you know, you move, you slide down four slots. Your guy's still going to be there, whatever. But man, they like I said, they basically moved out of the first round. And the thing to me that didn't make any sense is okay if you have an eye on safety. If safety is the position you want to go, which is, I mean, we've talked about it a hundred times already, luxury position. But if that's where your mind is set, then take best available Kyle Hamilton at twelve. Why are you trading back to get the second best safety and not getting a future first out of it? Unless they were absolutely set on, on scene in the first round, which, okay, whatever, that's your guy then. But from what I've read, not the best safety available. And and you could have had Hamilton. Like if he was off the board, then it makes a lot more sense to move back down. But you passed on the best player for the second best player at the same position and didn't get a first round out of it. I thought it was terrible. Yeah, Koisi has no no idea. And so t- talking about, and this kind of ties in both of our our teams, although I want to stick with the Vikings here for, for just a little more uh, sure. time. But th- the trade with the Packers, if you look at trading 34 for, what was it, 56 and 58 or something like that, two late seconds, 50s, yeah. the, the Vikings definitively won that trade. If you look at the, the point value of, uh, of those picks, the Vikings far and away won that trade. But I don't. I don't think so. I don't. I, I think it was a pretty even trade. But I don't think you make even trades because you're you're helping out the the Packers move up. Like so, you know. It, it's again. I think that that chart is a little bit flawed. But this guy has no idea what he's what he's doing. Trading a future fourth round pick and and stuff like that. But here's the here's the craziest thing. Is it was a very frustrating draft, and he has no idea what he's doing with with picks and, and the value of things. But if in a so again, I want to make that very, very clear that like he definitely fucked up and doesn't understand the value. But if I look, if I just close my eyes and look at the players we got at, at the spots we got them and at the positions we got them, 
It's not, it's not a bad draft. It's definitely not a fucking slam dunk. It's definitely not a good draft. It's just an average draft. But it's like, it, it was very, very clear to me that they prioritized position over best player available because they, they hit at every single position of need. They, they got a safety. I don't think you take a safety in the first round when your roster is constructed like that, but they got a safety. They got two cornerbacks in, in the top four rounds, including a high second round pick. They got a guard. Well, we needed a guard. They got a third round linebacker. You drafted a backup running back. Madison's up after, after this year and Cook is always hurt. You take some swing picks on a tackle, a wide receiver and a tight end. If I'm just, if no names attached, just looking at filling out a, a roster, they then the, the one positive to going position over best player available, which I think is definitively not the way to do it, but it is a strategy that teams do employ is that, well, we have, we have a guy that we're looking to at every single position, whether or not they work out is another thing, but you know, whether or not Ed Ingram works out, we know that he's going to be a starter at one of the guard positions. So you have some, uh, you, you can sleep peacefully at night knowing that, hey, we at least have a guy who we're working towards at each position. So uh, it is what it is. I like Andrew Booth. I don't hate uh, Lewis scene. It, it's just kind of a, it, it really reminds me of um, like the 2018 draft where it's just, that's a lot of guys you never heard of. And uh, a lot of them probably aren't going to work out. And, you know, we probably drafted a fucking, you know, a Troy die in the third round and, uh, and shit like that. But I don't know. Our, our secondary definitely got better. That's the one thing I can say with scene, whether or not he turns out the secondary definitely got better. I don't think safety was as pressing of a need because Harrison Smith, uh, the cliff is definitely coming, but it hasn't yeah. come yet. And I actually, I actually liked Cam Bynum. I thought we could have gone into next year with Cam Bynum, uh, fourth round pick. I think last year, I thought he did fine, but you never can have too many, uh, guys in the secondary and Booth will definitely for better or for worse, Andrew Booth will definitely be a starter in, in, in that secondary. So I don't, I don't, I don't hate it, but it's just the fucking around that I just hate the most. To me, to me, it was, it was an okay draft. It was a middle of the road draft that got dragged down because of the antics in the first round. I didn't hate the draft. Like you said, address positions of need. The defense certainly got better. Like you said, with the safety, obviously, you know, kind of a luxury position, but if that's you want to go, that that's fine. You had a couple corners that, like, I, the defense got better unquestionably, but just the way in which it was done, I, I I think the first round move was a disaster. I mean, like, you have to get more there. So I think the draft was all right. I I had them kind of teetering on the brink of losers. I think calling them a loser would be too much. I hated the Patriots draft. Like, I think calling them a loser would be too too harsh. But I I just man. It, I think it would have been a lot better if they if they either stood pat at twelve and, dra- and drafted Hamilton, or moved back and and got significantly more out of it. Overall, not a great draft, but I didn't absolutely hate it. And, and just one uh, quick forward on on the on the draft, I would have loved it a lot more if instead of drafting Brian Asamoah in the third round you uh, took Malik Willis or Desmond Ritter and just took a, took a, took a shot. And again, you know, for everything I'm saying about the, the Patriots, about you want a backup that matches your starting quarterback because you don't want, you know, uh, uh, to, be, to be shell-shocked when you switch. Kirk Cousins ain't the guy. So if we draft a mobile guy who's incongruous with how Kirk plays, that's fine because I hate Kirk 
And, uh, you know, I, I hope a mobile guy is, is, is our, is our future. But when you see, when you see, and whatever mocks or whatever, and there's obviously a reason why they fell and it's a weak quarterback draft class yep. and all, and all that, I totally get it. But on talent alone, when you're in the third round, I, I would love them so much more than Kellen Mond. I was not really even that big of a fan of Kellen Mond. I was just a fan that we took a quarterback and we took a quarterback who's not a yep. fucking uh, castle wall. Uh, doesn't have the mobility of a fucking flagpole, but you know, I would have loved it so much more if Malik Willis was there because you know, then that I puts agree. a little bit more pressure on uh, Kirky boy. I agree. If they would have taken Malik Willis, I would have rated this draft a lot higher. I thought I think that would be so much fun. It would be a good draft pick for the Vikings. That would have been a smart move. But you know, he ends up with the Titans. He ends up with the Titans. So that that should be Tannehill sucks. For anyone that watched that, I don't care what the numbers say. The eye test tell me he tells me he sucks. The, one thing on on Tannehill, this is so off topic, but that playoff game last year, for, first throw of the fucking game, interception, just straight into the linebacker's chest. It's like, all right, here we go with Ryan Tannehill. I'm out on Ryan Tannehill. Good, good from Malik Willis. Should be a starter soon. He, he t- Ryan Tannehill is Kirk Cousins on steroids, because at least Kirk is kind. At least Kirk is good in certain moments. Obviously, he fails in the big ones, but like. For everybody who talks about, and this is definitely true, by the way, I'm not letting him off the hook, but everybody who talks about the difference between Kirk's stats and his actual play when you watch, that gap is two times as wide with Tannehill. It's fucking crazy. Oh, for sure. It's for crazy. Sure. I, 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 I have a lot of friends who are Viking fans and legitimately love Kirk Cousins, and I'm like, yeah, keep cheering him on. Keep extending him because he's a Green Bay fan. I know he'll never win anything. Like, whoa, we got Frisky in a wild card game. It's like, okay, well, keep enjoying that. But man, I the, like you said, the gap with Tannehill, dude, he does not pass the eye test. And then you look at his numbers; they're like they're they're all right. And then you watch him play, and it's like he's not good. So I'm out on Tannehill. I, anything else on the Vikings? I think I'm good on the Vikes. No, I think I'm I'm good on them as well. They took a lot of players that uh, nobody knows. So yeah, I'm good on oh. them. We can we can head on over to the uh, the Green Bay Packers, and obviously the floor is yours, sir, because you are our resident Green Bay Packers expert. For for the Packers, here's here's the I struggled with what to make of this draft. It, to me, it's not a home run draft, and it's also not a fail draft. I think it's kind of a middle of the road, maybe slightly above average draft if you want to be generous. But for the most part, I think it was an average draft, and, and I, obviously two first round picks, Quay, uh, Quay Walker from Georgia. Um, just my thoughts on Walker. Like I, I did a little bit of reading on him. I'm not going to pretend like I'm an expert. I watched a couple of Georgia games, but I, I like, I've not broke down film, but from what I've seen and what I've heard, he's basically just like, he, he's going to be, he's going to be what he is. He's going to be an all right player. He's going to be a starter, but he, he doesn't have that all pro capability, which you're, you're usually don't find in the late first round anyways. But like, I think he's going to just slot in next to uh, Devondre Campbell I think they're going to be a nice inside linebacker duo. And and I, I actually kind of like the pick just because it's nice to see the Packers give some priority to inside linebacker. Like they literally never draft inside linebacker. I think the last one was AJ Hawk. So it's been a long time since they've put any draft capital into inside linebacker. Um, In terms of receiver, I know the Packers got ripped on every single national talker because it's, good for headlines to say that you should have drafted wide receiver in the first round. 
I'm happy they didn't reach because all of the best wide receivers, like the really top tier guys were gone. And like, if you want to argue that they should have moved up, I'm kind of with you. Then maybe I'll listen to that argument. But like, once you haven't moved up and all of those top tier guys are gone, do not reach. I hate reaching. Like, why are we taking the eighth best receiver when you can have your choice of linebacker? So these are the, this is the guy they went with. I don't mind the pick of Quay Walker. I actually like Devontae Wyatt at 28 better, if I'm being completely honest. I think this guy has a higher ceiling. I think he can be a better player. Um, and I think it's going to be a lot easier for him just because he'll be playing side-by-side side with Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark demands so much attention. He's double teamed on basically every snap. And I think it'll give Wyatt a lot of one-on-one opportunities to kind of prove himself and perform. Um, and it's an immediate upgrade over like Dean Lowry was the guy we were playing next to Kenny Clark. Dean Lowry stinks. Tyler Lancaster sucks. Like these are not the guys you want playing next to Kenny Clark. Give me this high motor, really highly intense athletic guy in Devontae Wyatt. I, I I like that pick more. Like I said, more than I like Quay Walker 22 overall. I don't mind going defense. I, I think it has the chance to green Bay's defense was good last year. I think it has a chance to move into the great tier this year. You get Jair Alexander back Devondre Campbell's back. I mean, there are a lot of pieces there where Sean Gary has turned into one of the best pass rushers in the game. Um, I think their defense has a chance to make a jump this year. And with an aging Aaron Rodgers, I, I don't mind trying to rely on the defense more. I'll start there. We can get to the receiver and other picks later, but whatever you think of that. Yeah, I'll just I'll just touch on the on the, on day one here, and then I, I suppose we can work in uh, into the, the later parts of the draft. Yeah. Uh, not impressed. Not impressed. I mean, you know my thoughts on. Uh, oh, good lord! All right, we'll have to wrap this up in t minus ten minutes. We'll, we'll uh, fire through it. We'll fire through it. <laughs> but I, I I don't like it. I don't like. It was the same. It was the same with that max mass exodus of Clemson players a couple of years ago when they won the national championship. I, I don't like taking Quay Walker or Devontae Wyatt. I'm not going to say I hate it. I'm not going to say it's not going to work out. I just don't like taking the seventh and eighth best player on, on, a, on, a, on a defense that had a lot of people having a lot of success. So I just don't like it, especially two guys who didn't have great production in college relative to players that they played with. You look at Quay Walker from what, what I've read, he's a, a pretty good athlete, um, but like he didn't have the production of a N'Kobe Dean. So you have to kind of wonder like, well, what, where's the disconnect there? Was he carried by N'Kobe Dean with Devonte Wyatt? I mean, okay. First of all, he's 24. So that's a little bit old for, for my liking, but not a deal breaker, but he played next to Jordan Davis who went fucking 13th overall. So it's like, again, I'm not saying that this is a, a, a you know, hard and fast rule, but I've, just get, I have a lot of questions when you take players who played under better players in college. It, 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 I just, I didn't really like it. I thought you needed help on the defensive line and at linebacker. So again, I think from a position of need standpoint, we did, we did. You, 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 you did fine. I, I, you know, and the thing with the wide receiver trading up for wide receivers, like would that, would the team be better if they didn't have Walker and Wyatt and they had a Garrett Wilson? Yeah, maybe, but man, maybe. you look at, you look at, you look at, you look at what um, uh, the the Saints had to give up to trade up for Chris Olave. It's like uh, you probably would have had to give up a lot to move up, probably more than just twenty two and twenty eight to move up uh, in, so too. to like ten or something. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm not very impressed. And as a Vikings fan, uh, I'm pretty happy. I'd, I would give the first round a, a C minus. And like I said, I, I definitely didn't think it was a home run draft. I thought it was an average draft. I, I, the first, I, re- I really didn't hate the first round. And like, if we want to talk about the Georgia guys, that also applies to one of your guys in Minnesota with the first round pick coming out of Georgia. So you know, it goes both ways. But I, I just feel like we're addressing positions of need and oftentimes it's positions that have been neglected for a long time. Like Kenny Clark has not had a, and I'm not saying why it is going to be the greatest things in the sliced bread, but we have not invested legitimate draft capital into that in a long time. Kenny Clark now has a, a legitimate duo that's going to be ready to start. And I think that's exciting because it'll bring some pressure off him inside linebacker. Like I said, last one was AJ Hawk. It's been a long time. Like Blake Martinez with like, 55 speed rating and i know i'm no going madden stats here but he was he had he he had a speed boat tied to him he couldn't get around the field and we let him run around out there for five years like we need faster guys if you look at the defenses that have been fantastic over the last five years look at look at all the great defenses man they've got linebackers that absolutely fly i mean we need more speed and these guys are speed quay walker's fast man so I don't mind the draft. I don't think it was a home run draft, like I said, but I thought it was better than reaching for a, a second tier wide receiver. I, I'd rather just improve the defense and trying to move into that great category in, instead of reaching on a, on a meh wide receiver, just because you could get him in the first round. 